Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to the Tim Stodds Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I took some time off the podcast. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm going to have a baby in another month and a half or so. March 28th is our due date, is our due date. And today is February 5th. So uh, we've had baby showers and fucking stacks and stacks of boxes being sent to our house. And it's all blessings. I'm not complaining by any means. Uh, it was really great to have a virtual baby shower with my wife and I's families. It actually went really, really well, and it was very, very enjoyable. And although I would love to be able to see my family and give everybody hugs and kisses, uh, we made the most of it, and it was a really good time. Uh, but point is, you know, I've, <laughs> I've had a couple priorities in my life, and it's important that I maintain all of my companies and my businesses. And so unfortunately, the podcast had to take a little bit of a back burner, but but it seems like we're on a pretty good track to have another episode uh, published every week uh, in perpetuity. Now, I'm saying that now, and I know everybody listening is going to be like, oh, just wait till you have a baby. You're never going to sleep again. And it's like, yeah, I know. I get it. Heard that joke before. Um, so we'll see what happens when our kid is born. But but I'm feeling good about it. I, I think I think we got like a really good setup here, and I got a couple of really amazing guests lined up, which I'm I'm excited about as well. So let's get started. My guest today is Aaron Alto. Aaron is a graphic designer that I met uh, online. I met him on Twitter. Uh, I think through Jack Butcher's program. And the thing that I admire so much about Aaron is his willingness to just be creative in public. He does these ridiculously creative animations and sketches. And what he does reminds me over and over and over again that everyone has art inside of them. Everyone has an idea inside of them. And if they just trust trust the process and put themselves out there and do their work in public they can build their own unique way of being recognized for their art and for their ideas. He was a really great guest. I learned so much from him. He was like just so uh, generous with his knowledge and with his time. Turns out this was also his very first podcast, which I was pretty shocked about because he's got a pretty big Twitter following. And uh, and it was, it was just great talking to him. So without further ado, please welcome Aaron Alto. And uh, yeah. All right, Aaron. What's up, brother? We're recording, man. Thank you so much for joining me on my show. It's the first time you've ever been on a podcast. I am thrilled to be the first person that's ever interviewed you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, man, where do we start? You're doing so much cool, creative stuff. I, uh, I, I always like to start my podcast by taking a step back and kind of just getting to know my guests a little bit. So, Tell me a little bit about yourself. I've seen your YouTube channel, so it seems like you're a, a, a product designer, an engineer. You said that you worked at Bang & Olufsen, which is a really remarkable speaker and audio equipment company. Um, 
So like, what's your background? Are you a, an electrical engineer? Are you just straight like a, a product designer? How did you get into this? Um, well, if you go all the way back, I guess, to um, childhood, I think I, I, I was really curious um, growing up in a small town. It was a, it was a really, uh, how do you say, not easy to get to museums or any sort of thing that's kind of stimulating in that way. Um, so I, I, I really just started taking things apart, like a lot of designers, I think, that, that's mm -hmm. starting out. And, um, you know, just trying to understand how things worked. Um, and from there, I, I just sort of um, stumbled upon needs from, you know, either a family member needed a flyer or a, need, a video needed to be recorded. And so those things kind of fell on me. Um, and from there, I just started to think about, okay, graduated high school, what am I going to do with my life? Um, I started to think about maybe studying music because I really loved music and that didn't quite pan out. So um, I remembered that I really liked to draw stuff and graphic design and those kinds of things. And um, eventually I made my way to the Savannah College of Art and Design in 2012. And from there I started to uh, really dive deep into design and art. Um, and I studied industrial design there as, as well as human computer interaction. Um, I had an experience in, in college where I got to go work on an, uh, a studio, design studio in Copenhagen because I, I cold called or sent a, uh, an email to, to, this, to this designer that I really admired. And I just said, hey, uh, this is what I do. Um, can I come work with you? <laughs> and uh, I didn't think it was gonna work, uh, but I had completely forgotten about that email actually. And then two months later, he reaches out and was like, hey, are you still interested? And then, well, I go to Copenhagen, I learned, um, so much from that experience and pretty much a lot of a lot of wayfinding from then to now you know i do less physical products now i do more of uh, uh digital products digital mm -hmm. services so yeah that's kind of that's kind of my story up until now so okay you mentioned that you're one of those kids that like to tinker with things so like you were taking a, like apart clocks and shit like that just like finding yeah. things and then taking them apart yeah yeah like uh remote control cars mm -hmm. uh, i was like restoring you know restoring i was grabbing sandpaper and uh taking away varnishes and stuff like that um yeah, but yeah it was just this curiosity that i i, I don't know it just was it, you know, it could get you into, I got me into trouble because I, I, I would break things accidentally, you know, because yeah. I couldn't put them back. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny to think about um, 
that thread that sort of you start becoming more aware of it as you grow older you realize that it's something that's almost embedded in the way you perceive things Mm -hmm. yeah totally so i still want to understand a little bit more about design Mm -hmm. um Jack was on my podcast a little while ago and really Jack introduced me to this whole idea as he has so many people of telling stories through visuals. And anytime I get somebody like you that I can talk to, I always try to jump on the opportunity because I have spent the last 10 years of my life writing and I've grown all of my companies through writing and all of my work is just like white page written word. And so when I see that, I see a story where some people might look at it and say like, well, I see words on a page, you know, and I actually see what it takes to just even simple things like find a beginning, middle, middle and end, like find a hero, like find the, the arc and the journey. And so, and so ever with 2020, you know, I've, I've been on Twitter a lot more and like, hanging out with people like you and, and getting into this world I'm discovering of people that can take visuals um, and such simple visuals. Like that is the thing that I'm finding so fascinating about it and, and come up with a way to just to take a, a complex idea and tell it and tell the story about this idea really, really quickly and, and really simply. Um, I just kind of want to open this up to you because I want to know the catalyst on how you started doing these, uh, these gifts that you're creating, um, where you got like this, this sweet little brand of kind of the, the beiges background. It's, it's almost like what the fuck you're sitting in right now, you know, with the yeah. color of your shirt, like was all of this intentional or did you just kind of stumble upon it? Um, it was, it was both. It was both. Um, you know, as far as the gifts, um, they were sort of a natural evolution or progression of the experiment. Um, you know, I've been drawing for, for my entire life. It's never really been a kind of a, um, I didn't really recognize it as a superpower until maybe this year. Um, and, or not, maybe like, I didn't realize it was a superpower until I, I went to university and I, I understood what I was doing um, and I could refine it a little bit more. Um, the gifts really just came from a desire to take drawings and add time to them. Mm. And I didn't know, uh, I, I knew basics of animations uh, or animation. Um, I had to actually learn how to use After Effects in like two days for a client. And um, that, it, that happened like in 2019. Um, and so I, the principles kind of stuck. And then I got a refresher this year and I was just starting to play around and eventually the eventually I got better at, at the gifts. Um, I still, I have bookmarked the, my first kind of like share of like, Hey guys, I'm playing around with animating. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, yeah, it's come a long way. That's really cool. And one of the things that I was observing, and this is why I think it's so fascinating, right? Because when I first started seeing what you're doing, like with all due respect, the drawings themselves look very, I don't know, like, like, like a four-year-old kind of drew them, right? There's not really any facial characteristics, like there's hardly arms even. Um, and so it gave me a little bit of hope because I just cannot draw my friend and like i know everybody says like oh sure you can you practice like i I don't think that's true like i can't do it um and so i saw those drawings that you were doing and i thought to myself oh wow like i don't actually have to be able to draw i just have to be able to conceptualize an idea um however i went to your website and i saw the service that you offer to um draw people's um i guess like characterize their portrait right and and that's like skill that's highly skilled work like obviously you practiced knowing how to do that and so there's a there's a huge discrepancy between i don't know let's call them these amateurish looking gimmicky stories that you're putting together and this um higher quality you know quote art so talk talk to me about the different headspace that you have to be in because obviously you can draw these realistic portraits but you have to almost intentionally take a step back to like simplify what you're doing with these really cool stories that you're doing. I just want to learn about the thought process there because that has to be something that you do intentionally. Yeah. Um, I have a deep admiration for children and their way of seeing the world. Um, I have a few younger siblings and I've had the opportunity to see them sort of grow up and allow me that sort of preview of, of what it's like to be around like human beings that are experiencing the world for the first time. Mm. Um, and the way, um, the way they draw um has really inspired me um i have two twin sisters and they can they're they're just 10 times more prolific than anything i could ever dream of being um their their room is just packed with sheets of paper with drawings and i i a few years back i took a look at they started drawing like uh when they were like four or five and so I would take a look at their drawings and it, it finally clicked to me like what Picasso was going for and what, what he was talking about when he said that everyone is born an artist. They just have to stay an artist um, when they grow up. And, and it's that kids have this ability to simplify the world in ways that, um, that, that, takes learning again, like having to learn that as an adult. Um, and so I, I, every time that I kind of approach drawing now, and I'm going to, sh- if I'm going to share it, or I need to get a point across, I always try to think, okay, what, what exactly am I trying to say? And um, how can I keep the lines minimally like how can i just simplify this to the bare essence 
um, and that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of like thinking. Um, I think, uh, j j just like, again, like what, what are you trying to say? Uh, a lot of people want to jump into the visuals and they already have like, yes, I want this color. I want this line here and that, and they skip the whole thinking about what am I trying to say? What am I trying to do? Um, and so, yeah, it's just a kind of an exercise in really keeping it, keeping it simple, you know? Okay. So I want, even after we finish recording, I might need to talk to you a little bit more because I, 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 I own a website called copyblogger.com and we specialize on teaching people how to write copy and how to like, one of the reasons why I relate to what you are saying and why I'm seeing the connections between just the drawing and the writing part is because copy is really built on restraint. Like the more you say, the less you say it's, it's how can you, how can you articulate a message as quickly as you can while invoking an emotional response as quickly as you can. And it, it's like not even milliseconds. It's, it's like faster than we can count because it's, it's all built in your synapses, you know? And so there's a real art to understanding the restraint. And so in the same way that you might look at a little square and just one crown and think like, okay, what can I take out of these, out of this, uh, like you said, this minimalism, this restraint that I've forced upon myself. I see headlines in the same way. You know, it's like, how can I use eight words to get somebody to take action built on an emotional response? And so what I'm getting at with that is I've been watching what you have been creating and some other illustrators that I've been looking at. And I'm thinking to myself, how on earth can I create something that is unique to copy blogger that fits this minimalist um, brand that we've already built for ourselves in my mind, I see it just being white and blue. You know, I see it being very like handwritten and trying to tell the story that the tagline is already saying just appealing to people who are more visually inclined because some people do just learn with their eyes and with, with visuals a little bit better than words. So <laughs> like, I'm not even asking a question here. I'm basically just like fishing for pointers. Um, if I were to try to like, to experiment with that, knowing that I can't draw for shit, knowing yeah. that like, I wouldn't even know where to start. I, I don't know. Te teach me how to do this. So, um, with, with regards to how, how do you visually represent your ideas, um, without necessarily having quote unquote drawing skills or design skills, if you will, I think that is a, your beautiful constraint. It's, it's the thing that is unique to you. Um, I'll just give you an example with myself. I'm not an animator. I, I like, I just learned the principles of what a good animation is. Um, the equivalent of drawing for that is I can draw realistic looking things, right? But the point is, is 
once you have the principles, you can hack stuff together and it just works. Mm -hmm. The same goes with visuals, I think. See, the limitations are all in our minds because if I couldn't draw, what I would do is like the first thing that comes to mind is scrapbooks and like collages and creating uh, you know, a visual story with cutouts of words and just adding motion to that. Already you're starting to like create a style that's unique to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and those words could create images, you know, you could string them together. So you could do this with a phone, scissors and magazines, right? Um, so like now you've taken your constraint that you can't necessarily put a pencil to paper and that's guided your solution. Um, it's it, the same as like, for, for example, musicians who are really good at their instrument um, and they, they're trying to uh, showcase their work online. Sometimes they blend acting with that, right? With the musicianship. Um, and I find that incredibly fascinating because they're taking that limitation of distribution of their music and using it as a, as a, as a almost like a, a constraint to explore this other side mm-hmm. of creating. So now they have to act in order to uh, showcase their 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 art their art and i think that's really cool so i think to put it into short terms um we have to learn how to pay attention to our limitations and not shy away from them but instead use them as guidelines towards our unique solution damn okay hold on let me say that again we have to use our limitations as guidelines to our unique solution. I think it makes perfect sense to me because I write a blog post every morning and uh, I have a bunch of like business websites, but my blog, I hardly really tell anybody about because there's nothing to it other than this is just my morning exercise to take all of this, dramble scramble in my brain and try to get it in front of me in something that I can like see and conceptualize. So this idea of, of living within your limitations, I I really, really get that. I don't know if maybe it's just an intimidation factor factor or like, or like, I guess I'm just used to putting my written work out there to be judged and critiqued. You know, I've kind of built like a callus, for that um and the idea of putting like visual (laughs) work out there is like really really uncomfortable for me um however i just can't shake this thought that there's a huge opportunity for me to incorporate so when i see one of jack's visuals i know Mm -hmm. it's him right away Mm -hmm. when i see one of your visuals i know it's you right away and I just feel like I'm missing this opportunity for people to see a blog on Copy Blogger because there's, I mean, millions and millions of hits a year. 
but if it's maybe on Twitter or on social or some other place where it's shared, just that pattern interrupt, you know, I'm so fascinated with that pattern interrupt where I'm checking out content, I'm, I'm checking out whatever. And then like, why am I always stopping at your visuals? Right. It's just because you're breaking the pattern. And I feel like I'm missing some golden opportunity to incorporate that with, with copy blogger. Yeah. Um, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about and what you're talking about is the visual constraints that like that most people use, like Jack only uses geometric shapes, um, black and white. And I, I, I stick to three, three main colors and, and, you know, like having the, the, I, you know, it's a, it's a personal journey, right? It's a personal journey to discover those constraints for your own self. Um, I think that's why there's a lot of people who they like lift the constraints from someone else and then they try to put out stuff and it just doesn't quite work because you're missing that, that like reason to be like, why are you doing it? And I think that that when you really dig deep into why you are doing it or why you're wanting to, uh, to use visuals, suddenly you're able to see the opportunities. Um, and those opportunities, you know, are sort of hidden behind our, our, our perceived limitations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, with the constraints that I decided to choose, um, they came about from a, a uh, app that I was coming up with. It, it, I was sort of designing this concept for my portfolio at the time. And uh, the concept for the app was for uh, setting goals. Um, I, I did a lot of research in, into habits and uh, you know, stumbled upon the work of James Clear and, and all these other uh, amazing uh, books on behavior change. And so I started to think about what it feels like to have an epiphany or to have a breakthrough. It almost feels like a sunrise. And that idea that those colors began to inform the work that I was doing at that time. And I just basically took those colors and brought them into the work that I'm doing now, almost as a way to kind of remind myself to go back to that original intention of creating digital products that help people be empowered to live more fulfilled lives. Yeah. So I do, I, I do think that that journey to arriving at those, at those uh, visual constraints is, is a very personal one, but it can be engineered. It can be designed. Um, it, it, it just takes a lot of work, mm -hmm. a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I, I got to do something with it. I, I feel like I wouldn't have this like nagging thought so much if it didn't really mean something. So uh I'll get to work. I'll start sharing some stuff. All right. I, I've been hogging the mic for a little bit, like basically being selfish with my podcast. Um, when, 
I, I want to learn a little bit more about like the work that, that you're going towards. And, and you were so humble when we were talking on Twitter, you're like, well, just to let you know, like, I don't really have any answers. I have a whole lot more questions than answers. And, uh, and I, I think that's very admirable. However, you are going somewhere, whether you realize it or not. And you're building an audience. You're starting to have like a message, which is unique to you. Um, you're starting to have, you're starting to find your lane of people that are attracted to what it is that you're saying, right? Because in the same way that you put restraints on your art, like as, as a writer and a, and a marketer, I totally, totally believe in, in putting restraints on the people that you want to serve. Like the worst thing you can do is try to serve everybody, right? Because then you're generic. Um, so you're finding that, you're finding your tribe and you've mentioned digital products a lot. So where are you going with that? Like you, you must be creating something. Um, yeah, well, uh, I, right now I'm focused on, um, on just sort of finding a balance because I have a full-time job. I'm working as a, uh, as a user experience designer for industrious office. So my role there is to, um, really understand the business and the business needs as well as how can we make our members, um, feel like they're having a premium experience at, with mm -hmm. industrious, um, for those of, for those who don't know what industrious office is, it, it we we have like uh, private desk space and um, meeting rooms and that sort of that sort of thing. Um, and then you know on the, I, I hesitate to say on the side because it's not on the side. It's very much a part of the my daily routine. Is just sharing what I know and what I'm curious about online and seeing where, where that goes. Um, I've been so lucky to stumble upon really curious people, not only in my university, you know, that have now become my friends, but also um, during the pandemic, I like at the start of the pandemic, um, I, I started to, I got furloughed from my job. So there was a lot of time for me to kind of socialize online and sort of connect with people there. And, and, you know, I was really lucky to stumble on upon visualized value and the work that Jack was doing. Um, and so now I'm sort of exploring that just really exploring because uh, like I mentioned in, when we spoke before, I, I really just have a, I'm really just trying to navigate through all, through this and like wayfind. <laughs> yeah, let me know when you figure it out. <laughs> well, I I'll, I could use some tips, you know. Um, yeah, Jack lives in Nashville. He and I went and got coffee uh, like a month ago. I live in Nashville, by the way. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to have discovered this new element as well. I've been. I love search marketing. I just love SEO. I think it's the funnest, most competitive monopoly game ever. Cause it's a very like winner take all game, right? Like if you're not in the top three, then you ain't really shit. And I don't know, maybe I'm just too competitive with that, but I, I really love it. And so for me, it's always been like 
build search brands, collect email addresses, build autoresponders with beautiful stories and like perfect timing. And I don't want to say selling the dream because that's kind of just manipulation. But like the point is you, you have something that is within reach of a person that you want to serve, you know, and then either sell a product or a service on the back end of it. And I've been doing that for so long. Um, it's not like I've lost my passion for it, but it's, it's really systemized at this point. I mean, even my team, like it, the whole thing is just, it just runs. And so when I discovered this new idea of visualization, I shouldn't say it's a new idea. It's, it's, it's an idea as, as old as humanity, right? But for me, it's new. Um, it, it's really just kind of opened up this, this new cap in my head. And I'm just excited to explore where that goes. So the way that you say, just kind of finding my path, man, like <laughs> I really, really feel the same way. Yeah, and I think it, um, the the thing the thing that I've realized this year is um, you just kind of have to walk off, like walk off. I hate to say this term, but like just throw yourself off the cliff and learn how to fly on your way down. Um, I think that we we tend to we like at least I, I did a lot of sort of planning before doing things. And the more, look, I'm not saying that plans are bad. I'm just saying that sometimes action trumps the plan, right? Like I, I like just launching yourself and trying something out and then strategizing later sometimes works at least for individuals. At least that's been my experience. Um, and that's how you learn. It's like, okay, if you decide today to draw uh, for your blog post tomorrow morning, that is going to be version one of your drawing. It's going to be the first brick you lay in that new thing you're building. And when you see what your when you see your efforts as version ones, and 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 you can iterates slowly and intentionally over time you just get so much better and this is the design process this is what it means to trust the process mm. um and it's not too different from the writing process um it's just you know it, it just has different names and different components um but you, do you know, do, are you familiar with uh, good artists copy, great artists steal? Yeah, of course. Well, um, Austin Kleon kind of made that like sort right. of popular these days, but it's, it's, as, it's as old as art, really. Well, Picasso coined that as well, right? Yeah, and I didn't really understand that um, early on. Like I sort of understood it in kind of in theory. Okay, good, good artists copy, great artists steal. What does that mean? Um, and I did read his book, uh, Austin's book, um, and it was great. Um, but the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get at is we can reference a bunch of different people that we admire. And if we reference them right, all of them together, and, and, and we put in what we are trying to say, it's just, 
it, it you can engineer that mm. that that thing that you're looking for, even though you don't know what it looks like at the present moment. Eventually, you get there. And isn't it so funny how we can psych ourselves out? My sister is a, a personal trainer, phenomenal personal trainer. She's been helping me a lot too. I got some back issues, and um, and like the work that she does is really remarkable. And she feels so comfortable in that medium, right? Mm-hmm. And she's been asking me how to build her brand. So the first thing I say is like, okay, look, like put together a three-day course. Let's call it on like hip mobility and launch the course. And then when people sign up for it, create like a seven-day email autoresponder. And to me, it's just writing some emails and it's so natural. And to her, because there's like a, a funny dichotomy here because she's, I had back surgery. And so like I, I jacked myself up a lot. Like I'm, I'm a lot stiffer and I, I kind of been compensating, you know, like I, I walk around lopsided without realizing it. And so she's teaching me all these new movements to, to help me with the pain I've been in. And so I'm trying to give this thing to her, which is so easy for me. And she's, she's trying to give this thing to me, which is so easy for her. And in her mind, writing is like, the most horrifying thing in the world. Like, how am I ever going to put these ideas out there and tell the world like how I feel, right? And to me, I, I've been getting so frustrated with these things. They're painful. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it really, really frustrates me um, just because I've never, it's been a long time since I've been able to move my body like that. And, and we have these comfort lanes to us, right? And you just know, like, no, 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 I'm telling you. I look at my sister. I'm like, if you just write, you'll figure it out. And, like, yeah. I just 100% guarantee it. And you might yeah. not get it right the first time, but, like, who cares? Like, it doesn't even matter. Who cares? You just yeah. keep going and you keep going. And, like, I know for a fucking fact it'll work. And so you're telling me about this design process. And you're looking at me going, like, no, but, like, it's really not that complicated. You just draw some shit. And then you just keep drawing it and like, it's going to work. And to me, it's like, you know. (gasps) I totally understand that. And that's a really good, uh, yeah, it's root that, that I think that this is the part that, that, that part that's lost in translation, I think is that thing that I keep wanting to go after because the design process has had such an impact in my life and i i i I just want to figure out a way to package it so that everyone can harness that power um and i think that in in the midst of that it's it's a it's quite challenging i think to um, to be able to say, "Hey, look at this," when it's really difficult to to see it at at this kind of point, if that makes sense. Um, but it, it is it, it is something that you know. Here, I I what I would say is that it, it's not just about drawing or design right? Like the designs that you're seeing online to communicate your message. You can communicate your message with visuals using your phone to make a video. Um, I get people all the time who are asking me, um, what apps are you using? 
you know, what, what tools do you have? And it, and it got me really curious because I, I, I started to think, well, could I do what I'm doing now with just my phone, paper, and scissors? So I started to experiment. And yes, they were not exactly kind of what I'm doing with the animation, but I discovered this, the world of stop motion. And I've been experimenting with that a little bit, almost as a way to prove to myself that you don't need drawing skills to do these yeah. things, you know? So yeah, just an idea. I really love it, man. I'm, a, I'm enjoying this conversation a lot. Um, you've already given me a whole lot of your time. I, I don't want to take you up so much. I, I do want to go back on just to get it out of you. Um, I know you're working on some kind of product. You've mentioned a few times that you want to have, that you want to kind of give away what was given to you, right? Like show people that this concept of visualization can be for anybody. So what does that look like specifically? Like, are you creating a workshop? Are you creating a course? Are you going to have like some kind of membership or, or some kind of service? Like how do you plan on taking this and, and making this your future? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, Tim, I don't really have good answers right now. Um, in anything concrete, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, um, how to improve the PDF, the, the book that I, I, that I uh, released uh, about a couple months ago with like my notes on design and figuring out a way to make that even more valuable for the people who have bought it. Um, because I think those folks have really shown me that uh, a lot, a lot of folks have, sh have shared with me how much it's helped and and, and I just, I know that um, this is just version one and I wanna take it to the next level. Um, but as far as like new products, I am thinking about a course to help folks um, understand um, how to elevate the experience of their service or product. Um, I, I almost want to figure out a way to take m my experience as a UX designer, as a, as a product designer and distill it or, or in, in a, in a uh, sort of like a guide um, for, for folks who maybe are, small businesses that would love to hire a designer, but just don't have the capital yeah. and, and really need a, 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 like a user experience designer to help them understand their, their, um, what value they're bringing and, and how to package that value. So I'm still trying to understand the product and what we're kind of, giving or uh, what we're what we're um trying to trying to help in um so so yeah i i honestly don't have the uh don't have any any answers at this moment i, I see where you're going with it an example comes to mind when i lived in florida i was working with this woman she had a local organic juice shop and uh she was in a good spot 
And so she had some good foot business, but she really wanted to open online and do delivery. And so she asked me, well, she built the website and, uh, and I looked at it and I don't know, it was cool, but I knew from the storytelling user experience part of it, it wasn't going to convert. And so we took some time and I messed with the copy and I basically like put together this landing page template that I've, I've more or less memorized and, and it took off. And I'm only using that example not to talk about myself, but to point out that like, there's a ton of small businesses, I think that with just a little bit of direction could, cause it's hard to know what you're looking at. Right. And then all of a sudden when somebody can lay it out in front of you, it's like, Oh, I fucking get it. Like this yeah. is the process that the buyer went through yeah. when they, when they, when, when they decided to purchase your, your juice or, or whatever it is that that small business has. So, uh, yeah, man. Like I, I, I see where you're going. Like, I think if you tinker with that, um, there's definitely some cool stuff to be done there. I, I like it. I'm a fan of that for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that, you know, the, exp the experiences thinking of thinking deeply about the experiences for small businesses, yeah. um, is going to different definitely like raise the the uh the value of whatever it is that they're doing um yeah i mean you know i i was working as a barista in brooklyn not too long ago and you know i i had already graduated college and one of the things that uh i i was sort of thinking about was how can i how can I be a designer here in this cafe? Like, how can I think about it? How, how can I think about being, if I was running the design of this, of this cafe, how would, I, how would I do it? And one of the things that I started to do was um, sketch on the paper takeout bags. Um, I would make a, make a doodle on it or like a sketch and then put like some sort of positive message um, on these bags. And I, a couple of times, um, customers would be like, oh, I really like that, uh, that sketch on that bag the other day. And I think what, what it taught me was that, yeah, these very little things that business, businesses can do to make their customers feel like they're dealing with real human beings, mm. not that these are not just transactions. These are human interactions. Um, and yeah, like I think that if people become much more aware of those things, um, we'll live in a better world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so hopefully, hopefully there are the, the questions that we've been asking or I've been asking these past few months uh, will be answered soon. I love the, I love the, um, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but Rainer Maria Rilke, I think is how you pronounce his last name, but his recommendations to this young poet that is writing to him for advice, he urges him to sit down with his questions and to uh, treat them as uh, rooms remaining to be open or 
or books written in a foreign tongue that you still can't understand. Mm. And so um, that really comforts me in terms of it, when it comes to like not knowing what's going to happen or where this thing is going. So, <laughs> exciting. Uh, that's really cool, Aaron. I'm really, really happy that you decided to last minute jump on this podcast. I'm, uh, I, uh, I admire the willingness to embark on the journey. I still think that it's probably like, I can be pretty self-critical, you know, but if there's this personality trait about myself that like I admire, it's that like, I've always been willing to buy the ticket, take the ride, you know? And like, I don't know where this is going to go, but that's okay. Because if I knew that wouldn't be any fun. So uh, I I, I definitely admire your willingness to do that. Um, Yeah. All right, man. I got to head out of here. So we got, uh, we got your Twitter. What's your website? It's just your, your name, right? AaronAlto.com. It's yeah. It's uh, AARAlto.com. Beautiful. I will link all of that up in the show notes. I'll get your Twitter on the show notes so everybody can follow all of these brilliant ridiculously creative animations and visuals that you are creating um and i really appreciate your time man seriously thank you so much i had a great time talking to you and i hope we keep in touch of course yeah thank you so much for having me it's been it's been a pleasure cool all right man all right hey guys it's me it's tim one last time before we wrap up just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.